Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, hey, Waffle Gang. I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some more relationship stories. And if you do love a Reddit story, why not consider in the like, subscribe, and if you're feeling extra cheeky, maybe that notification bell too. <laughs> and let's crack on with today's first story. Much love, guys. Coming from the Entitled People subreddit, it was suggested to me over on Twitter from DragonRedX, who says, My aunt stole my inheritance. Then karma struck, and her life fell apart. Sorry if anything is misspelled. I have horrific dyslexia. My aunt was one of two kids my grandparents had. My mother was the polar opposite to my aunt. She worked from the age of 12 in my grandfather's shop, never asked for anything, and eventually managed to start her own business. My aunt never held down a job till the age of 26, was constantly stealing from her parents, and was constantly in trouble. Despite this, my aunt was spoiled by my grandmother, and so were her kids. She had three kids from three different men, and her first husband was not one of them, if you know what I mean. Didn't matter what my aunt or her kids did, my grandmother would always jump to their defense. She never had time for my mum and her kids unless it was to get something from us. The only reason my mum would visit her was because she loved my grandfather. My grandfather passed away in 2004, and a few months after my nan decided to write up a new will. My mother and my aunt were both present for it when she signed it, so they knew what was in it. It made it so that when she passed away, a home would be sold and the money split 25% each to my mum and aunt, and the remaining 50% would go evenly to the grandkids. At the time, the home was worth more than £500,000, so it would be a nice little inheritance, but nothing life-changing. In 2010, when my mum died after an accident, it did not have a current will in place, as she no longer had her business and was renting a house. She didn't have anything of much monetary value. The only thing she was concerned about was what would be done at her funeral should she pass away. But she told me everything she wanted. The music, the flowers, the, the coffin color, even what people were to wear at the funeral. She wanted people to wear bright, warm colors. So, when she passed, my aunt and nan took over all the arrangements and tried to undo all the things I've told them. The songs were going to be songs I knew mum didn't like. The flowers were all the wrong colors and they picked a hideous coffin. With the help of my siblings, we were able to change a few of the things back to what they were supposed to be. But the coffin couldn't be changed for some reason. And my nan refused to let people come dressed as clowns, so it was all black. It was frustrating. After the funeral, my nan had her will changed. My siblings and I were told by our aunt that she didn't have any involvement with the writing of the will. And our nan told us that she changed it so that mum's share would go to her kids instead. All good, we thought. After mum passed away, my nan just stopped talking about my mum. At first, we thought it was because she was still recovering from losing her daughter. But even five years after mum passed, she still wouldn't talk about her. Even if you brought up a story about mum, nan would very obviously try and change the subject. 
usually about how hard my aunt and her crappy kids had it. And if you went to talk to her about your own problems, she would somehow bring it back to my aunt. I had suffered a mental breakdown after my mum's death, so you can imagine how much it hurt to hear. Well, X had it so much worse. In 2016, my nan passed away. She'd written down what she wanted to be done for her funeral, and it was basically all the same things she had picked out for my mum's funeral, even the music to be played. I don't know why she tried to have a dress rehearsal funeral using my mum as the stand-in, but it was obvious that's what she was trying to do. So, after a couple of months, our siblings and I were waiting to hear about the will reading, and my aunt kept telling me, oh, it'll be another month before we can do the reading. I didn't mind. I wasn't fussed about the money, to be honest, but my oldest brother was hoping to use the money to pay for a honeymoon for him and his then fiance. My younger brother was about to start uni, so it would have been a hell of a help. Eventually, my dad bumped into the solicitor my grandmother had used to deal with her will and asked what was happening. The solicitor let slip that the will had already been read and that it left everything to my aunt. When my dad questioned this, the solicitor told him that my aunt had been present when the will was written, despite promising that she had nothing to do with it. When confronted, my aunt initially tried to deny, but eventually admitted to lying to all of us. She showed us the will, and it confirmed what we already knew. The house and all its contents were now my aunt's. This included my granddad's war medals. He fought in the Second World War. When I told her that he had promised them to me before he died, she said, well, unless you have it in writing, you will have nothing in this house. Anyway, I already gave them to Clive. My heart sank. Clive, not his real name, obviously, was her eldest son. And the dictionary definition of an F-up. He'd been in and out of prison for stealing and dealing drugs. I knew that the moment that prick had got his hands on my granddad's medals, they would have been sold off. We looked into taking her to court over the world, but everyone we spoke to said that we probably wouldn't get anything out of it. She immediately put the house up for sale at close to £750,000. She had peed off too many people in our town, so she was going to sell the house and move closer to her daughter, who lives in a big city. An offer was made on the house and she put down a deposit on a house near the big city. And I thought that was that. Here's where karma comes into play. The people who wanted my nan's house had a survey done on the house to see if there were issues. And oh boy, were there. Turns out the land the house was built on was way too soft for the type of house it was, and it was sinking. It had sunk about two centimeters in the 40 plus year my nan and granddad had lived there. But the sinking was accelerated to one centimeter per year. This meant that within the next three years, the house would need some serious work or be knocked down. The new value of the house? £60,000. The buyers immediately pulled out, having not even put down a deposit. She couldn't buy a new house, but still had to pay the deposit on it. And while this was happening, she let Clive move in with her into the house that she rented from the council. He wasn't allowed to live in any of the council houses because he had trashed every single one he'd ever been given. Someone reported this, and she was kicked out of her home. She was forced to move into my nan's old home, as she couldn't live anywhere else. So there she is, living in a crumbling house with a craphead son and her partner. She was stuck there for two years. Every time I saw her, she would try and start talking to me, and I would just ignore her and walk off. One time as I was walking away, she screamed, your mother deserved to die for having a arsler word like you, in the middle of a busy street. 
someone reported her to the police and she had an official warning from them and was ridiculed on Facebook. Every time I saw her after that, she looked more and more miserable. Eventually, she sold the house for something like £85,000 and moved in with her daughter in the big city. I lost contact with her and her kids after this. I thought karma had been issued. Oh, but karma still wasn't done with her. I bumped into one of her former friends and she told me what happened after she left our town. She moved into her daughter's home, let's call her Sue, but they only had a three-bedroom house and three kids. My aunt and her partner had to live in the smallest room in the house while my aunt looked for a job and a home to rent. Even with £85,000, she couldn't afford a home anywhere. After about a month, my aunt's partner ran off emptying her account. She was left stranded in Sue's house, not contributing anything because all the money she makes goes into bingo. Eventually, Sue and my aunt get into a screaming match and my aunt said something along the lines of, I should have aborted you. Sue immediately kicked her out of the house. So again, there's my aunt in a city where she knows nobody, no money, no home, and the last bridge she had, a smoldering wreck. Last anyone has heard, she was living in a caravan in the roughest part of the city. and She can no longer work because she's suffering early onset arthritis and can no longer move her hands. I know I shouldn't get joy out of something like this happening to another person, but it does bring me some peace as to what happened. Giving away the war medals like that after they were promised to you breaks my heart and it, re it reminded me of a story that a guy that I used to work with and his father-in-law always said, you know, when he passes, he could have his war medals because he was always talking about, you know, the, the various stories with his father-in-law and would sit with him and do things for him and, you know, talk about his experiences because he wanted to. And the guy that I was working with told me that he wanted to frame these and put them up on the wall and he's really proud of them. So when the time did unfortunately come and father-in-law passed away, he was expecting to have these medals passed on, but it wasn't written in the will, it was only promised. So one of the daughters of the father-in-law, I think there was like four daughters, said, no, you're not having them. We're going to sell it and split the money. Like just immediately go to selling them like that. The guy that I was working with was like, no, no, I'll buy them off you. I'll buy them if I have to, you know. She's like, no, no, it wouldn't be fair. And he was just told that they had been sold off. Luckily, it was a small town that they live in. He was told by the owner of a local pawn shop, P-A-W-N shop, <laughs> I should say in my accent, as we say it all wrong, that she had sold the medals to him. The guy that I work with pretty much knew everyone in the town, still does. And he was shocked to hear that the medals were like bought for like £50 for all of them. But luckily, the guy just handed them over to my friend to give them to him. So he did get the medals in the end, but it was just the way that it was dealt with. It was so horrible. And it created this big rift amongst the sisters as well because how she because she was like in charge of the will and in charge of the estate, it became a big power trip in the way that it was being dealt with. It was incredibly sad. But it's always so painful to see families go through this when inheritance comes up and arguing amongst money and things. You've got to think what goes through the head to think, you know, I'm going to... Make sure I get all the money in. Oh, painful, painful. But what do you guys make of this situation? Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. And let's move on to another story. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And our next story comes from a second who asks, am I the a-hole for not telling my mother-in-law, her son, had passed. I sound completely awful here and I think I might be. Now that pretty much everyone in my family thinks I'm horrendous, I wanted an outside opinion. My husband passed away recently after a very sudden and difficult struggle with cirrhosis. It was easily the worst thing to happen in my life. The damage was invisible for years. We never saw it coming. He got so sick so fast. After they diagnosed him, he lived a little over a year. We called all our family, including his mother, who otherwise we don't have much contact with. I've always hated that woman. She has always been cruel to him, putting down every chance she could. When we called saying her son was terminally ill, she first denied it, insisted we were lying. Then she went on about how we should have seen this coming, that this is what happens when you're a drunk. Of course, this shut down the call pretty fast. She only called once after that and we didn't pick up. A little over a year later, I had to bring him to the hospital and in two days, he was gone. At that point, he was already just so confused and hardly conscious. I told my parents and his brothers and we were the last people to see him. I wasn't doing very well at the time either. Everything just happened so fast. I wasn't ready to make any of those decisions. And between the doctors and the bills and just seeing him so sick, I didn't even think about his mother. In the days after, I just didn't want to deal with her. I know that's horrible, but I was just so tired. She called me a few weeks later. I'm not sure how she heard. She was hysterical, which I know is understandable. She said I robbed her of saying goodbye to her son and robbed him of a proper service. I should have just hung up, but I was just so hurt and so angry. I informed her a very nice service was held, which every important person in his life was there. I said she must have been mistaken and blocked a number. She's gone ballistic. Called my brother-in-laws in tears about how I've ruined her life. Gone on Facebook about how devastated she is and publicly begging me to talk to her. How she just wants his things and to know what happened. Even my parents said it wasn't my place to make that choice for my husband. That I should try to talk with her. I know I probably should. I know he was hers before he was mine. But she made him miserable. And if he had been able to choose, I know he wouldn't have wanted her there. I don't think she deserved to see him. I don't think she deserves to have any of the things that were his. But now that I write it all out, it really sounds horrible. Maybe I'm out of line to make that call. The only people who haven't said I was being cruel are my husband's two brothers. Who know how she can be? But other than them, she was the only family he had. Maybe it isn't my right to interfere with that. Maybe beyond a-hole. Am I an absolutely awful person? Now, of course, there was parts of the story that was jumping out to me. And the first part that was massive is that you called her to say, you know, son was terminally ill. 
She denied it and then insisted that you were lying about it. Then continue saying how you should have seen this coming and this is just what happens when you're a drunk. You said in your own post that she made him miserable and if he was able to choose, he wouldn't have wanted her there. Hell, even the other brothers don't want anything to do with her by the sounds of it. But there was some additional info. So Cinder asks, what do your brothers-in-law say about this? And Opie responded saying, really, they've been the only people on my side with any of this. They helped me plan the funeral and really did their best to keep her out of it. They don't talk to her much more than we do, so it wasn't hard to keep her away from things. It was really devastating for all of us, and I guess we each just figured someone else would tell her. Now that she knows and finally wants to be a part of things, they're about as enthused as I am. She has never been a good mother, but I effed up her last chance to try. And I feel like I got to respond to that one as well. You know, you said that you may have messed up her last chance to try. You didn't mess that up. She did. And I really think at this particular moment, you need to take that time for yourself to grieve in the best way for you. I would really try not to focus on what she's saying, what she's doing in the background now, because I don't think it's going to help you moving forward. But East Practice says not the a-hole. The fact that her other sons also didn't call her to have her involved goes to show you made the right choice. Spooky Tea Time says not the a-hole. Blood relationship does not entitle anyone to be in someone's life. She didn't earn a place in her son's life. That's on her. You and your husband gave her a chance to be there for him at the end. And she made her choice. She sounds like a narcissist who is more concerned with garnering public sympathy and playing the victim and actually caring about her own son's passing. Continue to block her from everything, including your own thoughts. I'm sorry for your loss. And many of the comments were going exactly down that path as well and saying, you know, if the brothers ain't even informing their mum, there's a reason for that. But what do you guys make of this situation? Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. And let's move on to another story. Now, this story comes from who effing knows who says, am I the a-hole for calling my mother-in-law on my fiance? My fiance, male 22, was injured over a month ago and had surgery to correct things literally two days after the accident. I, 21 female, have been by his side the entire time. I have more or less become his caregiver. In the last month, I've taken over the role of keeping our house together. I cook all the meals, I take care of the pets, I stay up all night to attend to his endless needs. I take him to the bathroom. I've been working remote. I haven't left the house for more than an hour since the accident, aside from taking him to from appointments. I'm not saying this to complain. I'm grateful that my life allows for me to support him the way I have. My problem is his attitude. He was given very strong painkillers for the first two weeks after surgery. He had to extend his time on them and recently stopped taking them in the last week. When he was taking them, he thanked me, told me how much he loved me, apologized at every step, though he didn't need to. Without the meds, he doesn't seem to see that I am helping him. Every dish I bring him is the wrong one. He will yell for me and when I come, he will tell me to F off. He's in pain. He expects me to fix it. I am exhausted. I can't do anything right and it's wearing on me. I haven't slept in weeks. I haven't seen a friend or family member in way too long. I can't even be on the phone for more than 10 minutes without it being an issue. After days of what turned into verbal abuse, I called my mother-in-law. I told her everything as soon as I saw he was asleep. 
I cried for about 15 minutes. I felt terrible unloading on her like that, but I had so much built up frustration, I just couldn't stop. She was very supportive on the phone. Let me know I wasn't wrong to feel like that and let me cry. After hearing everything, she was furious and ended our call to talk to her son. She tore him a new a-hole. I heard him trying to defend himself through the door, but it was mostly just stammering. She flew up yesterday and put me in a nice hotel. I haven't heard much from my fiancé since I left, but as I was leaving, he was yelling at me for calling his mum. He said he didn't want to marry someone who couldn't be there for him in sickness. I told him I loved him and I was sorry. I am just so tired. He didn't care and just told me to go, and his mum could do a better job for him than I ever could. So now I'm on my way to a nice hotel room, feeling like a major a-hole. I need to know if I am wrong here. Edit. He began weaning off two weeks ago and became fully dependent on over-the-counter medication this week. He did not stop taking them cold turkey. His doctors were heavily involved too, due to previous drug abuse. Now this is absolutely a not the a-hole situation for me at all. But can I just say, it's always so nice when we see a mother-in-law story and it's not a bad mother-in-law. She sounds absolutely wonderful. <laughs> but 12 Days Late says... Not the a-hole. You've gone above and beyond. In sickness and in health does not mean never needing a break. It doesn't mean accepting abuse. Can you break up with a fiancé and keep the mother-in-law? She sounds great. Eloise Morris says, Not the a-hole. Repeat after me. Caregivers need to take care of themselves. You're at your breaking point and ask for help. Depending on the painkillers, he may be going through some withdrawal issues, which is no excuse for your fiancé's vile behavior. You did nothing wrong. My son treated his fiance so badly she broke down on the phone to me. I would straighten his ass out too. Comfortable Big says you just got a taste of your life together. A real behind the scenes. You've done nothing wrong here. And I would urge you to take this time away to reflect on your relationship and what you want moving forward. Not the a-hole. 2CJ says I have been with my hubby for 17 years. I've been tattling on him for at least 15 I go to his mum when he's being unreasonable because unlike my own, she will still love him. I think it's great you went to his mum for two reasons. One, while she may be mad at him, it's not going to change the fact that she loves him. Your family slash friends would be more likely to change their viewpoints of him. Two, it is also awesome that you have the type of relationship with his mum that you could go cry to her. As previously stated, itch him but keep her. She sounds like a winner, not the a-hole. And one more comment from Vampire Panda who says not the a-hole. Caregiver fatigue is a very real thing. And though you're doing your best, you are not his nursemaid. As a nurse, I'm very curious what surgery he had that doesn't allow him to go to the bathroom by himself after a full month. Your fiancé is likely feeling weak and vulnerable and is taking out his feelings on you, which isn't right. When a healthy person is suddenly debilitated, it can really hit their self-esteem and cause shame. But that's an internal battle he needs to confront on his own. Most surgeries want people up and walking and doing normal things as quickly as possible, so it sounds like he's malingering a lot. And now I'm going to turn this one to you guys. What do you guys make of this situation? Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. Now just a huge thank you from the bottom of my heart for getting involved in today's stories. Your love, your support, your time always means the absolute world to me, so thank you so much for being involved truly and <laughs> hopefully i'll see you in the next one take care and much love
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 